Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Kato. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Yep. Um I'm trying to be positive, so I'm not gonna say anything. I was just gonna say that you're trying to be positive this this year versus last year, where it was always like something doomy and gloomy. So. Yeah. I, so so maybe next week I'll have something with to say, okay. <laughs> well, Gosh. for now, forevermore, or until we all have a wonderful tan from summer. But make sure you use sunblock, right? Yes, because always use sunblock. Ain't nobody need no, no skin cancer. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to one of the internet's favorite entertainment podcasts to do with gaming, entertainment, technology, and lifestyle, all wrapped up in a wonderful kiki sunblock holder package baggy okay. thing. Cool. We'll, Since we'll, we're on we'll that go topic. with that. We'll go with that. It's so yeah, for those of you who've been around for the first season, you'll know this is the shtick that Edward and I have for the beginning of every episode and which we forgot to do for our season two premiere. Yep, I noticed <laughs> that as well. <laughs> actually, speaking of last week's episode, we actually forgot to talk about um, the month of love. We actually created content around that and just totally forgot to put it into the episode. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're modifying it slightly because we also don't, you know, abide to the whole capitalist movement of Valentine's Day. You know, you should be loving your, your, your significant other or partner all the time. So yep. we will be speaking about it again today in an ever so slightly different context. <laughs> <laughs> so Edward, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. Another week, That's another good. talking availability for me. So... <laughs> I did bite okay, myself like three times last week. So there's that. You, you know, you, we actually spoke about this. It was just yeah. so random. So Edward was all like, oh, you know, I just bit my lip. And uh, I mean, bit the inside of my cheek. And I was like, Edward, are you like, are we like linked psychically or something? Because I literally just bit my lip, not even like a minute before he says that. And then like 30 seconds later, my mother's like, what is wrong with me? I bit my inside of my cheek. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? It's like a cheap chomp, uh, cheek chomping <laughs> epidemic no we've really got one of those yeah um, <laughs> so actually while we're speaking about it do any of you accidentally even in your old age accidentally bite the insides of your mouth bits yeah <laughs> or, or are you evolved human <clears throat> beings you know and you don't do it <laughs> <laughs> okay um we actually have quite a jam-packed episode um weirdly Already not weirdly, maybe even nicely, it's a lot of reviews and previews. Um, stuff that I think, for whatever reason, we didn't have ready for last week, or we just thought, you know, wasn't applicable to last week. So we're going to jump straight into that. Some some good reviews and previews. And unlike last year, or at least for most of last year, we'll be <laughs> starting off with previews because we have nice ways of leading into our other content if the reviews come second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the the first thing is for those of you who watch the Gettle podcast via video, you'll notice that I've been rocking the Apple AirPods Max. And now I want to give you guys a brief preview of what do I think about them now that I've had them for roughly what two, almost three weeks. I guess I could border on even reviewing them right now. Pretty much. It's been a fair amount of time. But rather, I'm just going to give you a preview of what I think before I really dig into the nitty gritties of of whether or not it's worth buying, you know? Mm -hmm. So first and foremost is that price. It is 11 and a half thousand Rand or 
$500, I think, US dollars, right? Or it's, $550 US dollars? It's something crazy like that. It is a lot of money. It is, it is not cheap. Now, you know, if you compare that to other competitors, namely the, you know, the Sony XM3 or XM4, as well as like the Bose 700s, they come in at almost half the price and their performance is very good. In some respects, they have one or two better features, kind of like USB-C, damn it, Apple, why? Why did you put lightning in this thing? I don't know. I'll never understand. <laughs> it's it's um, for you. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a, a grander scheme of making it more compatible with devices that are already out in the wild. But honestly, as somebody who's a, a tech adopter and has a lot of USB-C stuff, it's actually just annoying now that I have another lightning device when the only other lightning device I have is my iPhone and everything else is USB-C. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, for, for, from that perspective, it's annoying. Um, the headset itself, it's incredible build quality, truly. Um, and it's the sound stage is amazing. Um, actually, I've, I've explained this to Edward a few times, and it just feels so expansive, especially when I think about it, you know, in comparison to my, my Sony XM3s. Um, transparency is probably one of my favorite features. I'm actually using it at the moment, and it doesn't sound like I have a headset on. Uh, mm. That is probably the most incredible thing for me because tra- what transparency does is that it allows you to hear around you while still listening to whatever music or audio that you're busy playing. But it's a far superior implementation to anything I've heard before because it actually works in full 3D space. So if I hear something behind me, that's where it's coming from. Like I said, it doesn't feel like I have anything on. Um, sound performance is honestly excellent. I don't want to hype it up, but it is really, really good. But I think... My favorite, favorite feature thus far is how it just works with Apple stuff. Uh, you know, that for me makes the cost of entry worth it in the sense of how I'm currently work, uh, talking to Edward now via my MacBook. But if I was to just pick up my phone and get a call, it would just switch. I wouldn't even have to think about it. And boom, I'm now speaking on my phone or maybe move to my iPad to watch a video. It's just seamless. Whereas with every single other Bluetooth headset, if you're lucky, you can pair more than one device to it. Otherwise, there's only one single device. And every time, you have to disconnect and reconnect, disconnect and reconnect. See, yeah, that's so, the thing. Um, like, obviously, you, you mentioned that you pay you paid 11000 for it or something. Um, and what baffles my... What it used to boggle my mind about it is that it's obviously the Apple tax, I say in air quotes, because that's what people on the internet call them. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, you're you're paying for the convenience and the feature set for That's exactly it. Because I'm rocking a new pair of Sennheisers right now, um, and not even this was that expensive. Now, obviously, you do get the expensive Sennheisers. Yes, and yes. This is just a headset. You have to plug it in manually. It's wired. Um, and yeah, I can't switch among uh, <laughs> my, my my devices. Even my Sennheiser Bluetooth. I can pair up to three devices with it, but I still have to go every time and switch. That's it. It's that and manual switching. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating. Like you're speaking of soundstage, and I do like that a, a lot as well, because Sennheiser is known for their soundstage. So yes, yes, yeah. Well, when I can eventually see you in person again, and um, as if the epidemic in COVID wasn't bad enough, now I live what. 600 kilometers away a little. but one day when i eventually see you again in person i'll yeah. let you try them on and you yeah. can actually understand what i mean when i say that it's a very expansive sound stage hmm. nothing wrong with the audio from other headsets but it just yeah. feels it feels very natural it feels very three-dimensional which hmm. is not something i've personally felt with other headsets yeah yeah, yeah. anyway airpods max now 
Speaking of headsets, there was a pretty cool announcement this week for the gaming industry, yep. specifically if you are an Xbox gamer. Now, I'm quite excited about the news, but I'm also terribly annoyed <laughs> because <laughs> in the last three months, I've bought the Arctis 9X, okay, which is exclusively for the Xbox. That's wireless. It's a decent headset, but I don't like the band. I just don't like the way that they've done it. And a lot of manufacturers are doing it that way. Do you know it's that band where it's not solid, but it uses that like uh, stretchy fabric. Yeah. So it just doesn't seem to fit nicely for me. And trying to adjust it is always such a mission. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, it's also not the most comfortable on my ears for long periods of time. And so I bought the Astra A50s, which are phenomenal, by the way. A few irritating things here and there, but very, very good, especially from a sound standpoint and a comfort perspective. But now Xbox goes and releases their own version. And I was like, where was this three months ago? Why couldn't I have pre-ordered this three months ago? <laughs> I know where it was three months ago. <laughs> On their videos. Marketing materials. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> and we didn't even know. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so Microsoft seems to, I mean, we all love it. We love seeing it in retrospect. But they, have, yeah. they do this thing now where they're slowly throwing products into the background of like Zoom meetings and videos and stuff. And then eagle-eyed people get to spot it. So like this headset was only just announced in February 2021. But it's been in the promo material since November 2020. Mm -hmm. No one picked it up though. Anyway, getting back to it. It's called the Xbox Wireless Headset. Um, it's going to be retailing for US $99 or South African 1,799 rands. Now, now, Which... with that in mind, just quick, quick, Edward and I have to speak about this. <laughs> We're in the industry. We get the information direct from PR and um, what was really humorous about the whole announcement with the Xbox wireless headset is that Microsoft South Africa sent out a press release with a date and price yep. for availability of this headset in South Africa. But then the actual distributor came out and said, no, we don't have a price and we don't like, have a date. <laughs> like how? <laughs> and it was very interesting because a lot of South African news publications ran the story. I mean, we even retweeted it on the Vamers timeline. And that's kind of how we're going to be doing news going forward. But, you know, we did it with the information we had. And then we noticed that the official channels for the distributor are like, Let's play the yes-no game. Um, yes, it's coming. No, we don't have a date. Yes, there's a, an American price. No, we don't have a South African one. And like, we're just looking at this and we're like, okay, so what about that other official email we got, which yeah. had a date and a price? <laughs> yeah, what about those people you're supposed to be in cahoots with? You know? <laughs> the, the thing is, anyway. <laughs> that just makes me think that the official distributor wants to maybe inflate the prices Get a little bit. I don't know about inflating the prices. I have, a, I think it's got to do more with availability. So this thing is launching. It's now currently available in the States for pre-order and other countries with availability in, I think, the 16th of March. Whereas for us, they're saying the 28th of May. That is a long time to wait for yeah. an accessory. So I'm thinking that it's quite possible that they're trying to get it in sooner because uh, Microsoft South Africa and the distributor have been doing a pretty decent job specifically for the Series X and Series S launch. I mean, we got preview units three weeks before they released in, in South Africa. We were also one of the few regions that launched globally with everybody else. So 
you know, they've done a fantastic job, even to the point where I've heard stories of them physically importing stock just to meet that initial demand before the actual allocation comes through. So a part of me wants to think that maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe behind the scenes, instead of committing to a date further in the future for the proper channels, they might do like a, a you know, a bulk import, you know, for people who want to be early adopters. That makes sense. So. Yeah. Look, again, it's an assumption right now. Either way, it was just a humorous thing that happened. Um, and, we, you know, we always speak about what happens in the industry here with, with us, uh, with you guys, our, our wonderful audience. Um, so back to the headset. Um, <laughs> the, the price point is incredible, especially if it's going to be coming in at plus minus 1,800 Rand and the US $99. Um, and it looks super comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you see the ear pads, they're super premium and thick. And, oh, well, you know, thick CCC, thick. no K. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, now, for what some of you might not realize is that I actually ordered new um, ear cups for my Astros and my Arctis 9Xs because I, I wasn't really happy with the, the, the Steel Series 9X uh, ear cups. And then I figured I might as well buy anyway for the Astros because I knew I was getting the Astros. And um, they come from a company called Brainwaves. And they're absolutely incredible and they're super thick and they're, they're actually weirdly shaped so that it wouldn't twist on your head. Anyway, I know I'm going off topic again, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because the, the ear pads on the Xbox wireless headset look incredible. Not necessarily premium, but they look thick and comfortable because a lot of the times, even this, even this one, right? The AirPods Max, it's comfortable, but these ear pads are not that thick. I mean, they're, th- they're, they're thick enough, but they could be thicker. <laughs> Sorry, Hans. The thing about thick earpads is that the thicker they get, the more sound they let in. Um, So maybe it's a sound isolation thing. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if I look at my Astros and the new earpads that I put on, I actually think they sound better now, to be perfectly honest with you. Hmm? Um, I mean, yes, it might be bigger, but they do like a really good seal regardless. Okay, cool. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Ed, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the features that this thing is coming with that we and why we're so keen to actually get one to try out? Well, um, for one, one thing that really stuck out to me, especially when I saw it in action, now not in person, I wish, um, yeah, was that the, the actual cups for the headset are dials. And, yes, and yes. that's that's fascinating to me. It's it's a weird new design, um, which I don't think anyone will mimic uh, because it's just it's a little bit pedantic in a sense. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you're aware, but mm-hmm. that actually comes from their Surface line of oh. of headphones. See, I so Microsoft is now um, taking aspects from other parts of their Surface family and putting it into other products, I guess, and. I'm personally massively in favor of this dial system because with the Astros and previously with the Arctis 9Xs, they have unique toggles. Like the the 9Xs actually have uh, like dials that you have to roll and the Astros have buttons that you press. Like Mm -hmm. on the actual thing, you tilt it forward or you tilt it back to adjust like party chat or game audio, whatever the case is. And honestly speaking, I think that a dial is just so much more natural. I mean, you know, when it just the volume forward or back, yeah. you want to you want to go to party chat in the back or game audio in the front. It's just such a simple thing to do, and I really feel I I think other people are going to be adapting this. That's what I think. Another feature that really uh, would really like um, 
you get this in many headsets now, but it's, it's the fact that when you bend the mic, it, it's already a little short mic, but when you bend it back, it auto-mutes when it doesn't hear anything. Now, it it already... Yes. It, it, it has a physical button to, to mute. No, it doesn't um, just switch off when you put it up, but when it's up, it, it's got nice new... Um, I th- I forgot what they called it, but basically it detects your voice very accurately. It's active noise suppression. And yeah. then that's the one. And then the other one is going to do with voice isolation. Yes, yeah, something I understand. like that. And that. But I mean, look, look, let's just be real here. Mm-hmm. For a 1,800 Rand headset, I'm not expecting exactly. <laughs> like the th- incredible levels. The thing though <laughs> is that it's got all of these features and it's 1,800 which means mm. it's it's literally entry level with all of the feature sets from a 2000 3000 5000 yep. rand headset yep. and i yep. think especially the fact that it's wireless uh, it's all wireless um connects via bluetooth to pcs and via i think that special xbox connection so yeah it, it's two means of connection it's direct wireless with xbox consoles but then it also includes bluetooth if you want to connect it to mobile devices or your computer or whatever yeah. the case is so there's no dongle at all yeah. for a change for this uh, official headset exactly and so it's all wireless and it's only it's less than 2000 which is amazing Look, it's, it's making I mean, wireless mainstream it <laughs> Truthfully, sounds a bit too good to be true. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't want to be a naysayer about this, right? I mean, I very much would love for this thing to, you know, give everything that it's promising. But it's coming in at like a super affordable price point. So I'm not expecting miracles here. I mean, I mean, I know Microsoft's hardware and it's generally very, very, very good. So if they can actually do it at that price point, consider me sold. Yeah. Either way, we're very excited to hopefully get our hands on it. And when we do, y'all will know more about it. Yep. Yep. Um, we also received something else this week for review, Ed. Yeah, a little. So, okay. So Chromecast has been a thing for a long while. And sorry if you can hear my bird. It's only, you can only hear it when I speak, just for the for the listeners out there. Um, <laughs> and Chromecast, Apple, um, AirPlay is what it's called for a long while now. But recently, I've seen a lot more Android TV boxes pop up in stores. Um, and we got one for yeah. review. It's the Maverick Audio... Uh, oh, sorry, the Maverick Android TV is what it's called. And I popped it in, into the my setup last night and I watched like one show with it on Showmax. So far, it's very good. Um, obviously, the detailed review will come later. And I must say, it's convenient. It's mega, mega convenience, which is nice. I'm just afraid that Google is listening to everything I say. <laughs> that's that's my only <laughs> worry, um, but we'll see. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't tested it enough. <laughs> well, I mean, look, uh, you know I'm a, an Apple user, uh, yeah. so I would I would opt for a Apple TV before an Android box. With that said, I do see the appeal in these things, especially if they are you know well priced. So Edward is currently with that at the, uh, busy previewing that or reviewing that at the moment. So when he knows a bit more about it and whether or not it is worth your moolah, uh, we'll be using EGAD to let you know if you should or yes. not. <laughs> <laughs> now, with a lot of the previews aside, um, Edward has been doing some more reviews. And one of the bigger titles that he recently did was Hitman 3 with Agent 47. Yes. So tell us about it, Ed. Yeah. Um, so I've been quite busy with this title in particular. Um, I took my while with it, 
uh, my time with it, not my while. Um, well, it's been a while as well, I guess. Uh, mainly because of its replayability. Um, I really dig that you can essentially finish the game in about 10 to 12 hours, maybe 15 if you're a slow player. And then spend the rest of your life on this game as well. Redoing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think because you, you mentioned that there's uh, so much replayability. Yes. That it's, it's, that's actually what makes the game. Yeah, right? essentially. So, so IO Interactive call, calls it the, the world of assassination, um, which is what they've been calling it since Hitman season one. Now, the reason it's called seasons and not just Hitman one, two, and three, I guess, even though it's literally called Hitman three, is because Hitman 3 is the first game in the new console generation. And it's the first game bringing the the franchise, and I say franchise literally, into the new generation. Because for, I don't know how they they did it, but essentially whenever a new game releases, let's say Hitman Season 2, Hitman Season 3 now, it brings the previous Hitman games with it. Um, Yes. Literally with it. Um, so fan, uh, fans on PC can import their, their uh, locations from Hitman Season 2 into Season 3 and enjoy the 4K, the HDR, everything. Do you do you know what it, it's a little bit like, right? Mm-hmm. So we know a lot of publishers want to make games as a service. Yeah. So I have a feeling it's it's kind of a little bit like that. So every time they say World of Assassination, they're just saying, okay, we've created this massive playable area and we're just going to keep adding to it yeah so that's why like if you played the rebooted franchise hitman one and then got hitman two if you own the previous one all of those levels would actually unlock if you purchase hitman two in other words meaning that when you boot up hitman two you'd have access to hitman one and now they've done something very similar for hitman three whereby if you own one and two and you buy three all of that stuff gets imported and if assuming you own the previous two you then have access to everything within the hitman three files Yes, um, and if you don't, you can still buy them. So it's it's quite a cool, quite a cool system. Yeah, um, every single release um, has come with um, an extra game of the year pack for the previous one, which automatically imports it into the new one with the new features, the new UI, weapon, and everything. So essentially, you play the previous game with everything new. Um, yeah, see, that's cool. I dig that. But but one thing that's uh, I can't find concrete evidence on this, and I think you just answered that, but I only know that you can import PC locales and missions into the new season. Whereas Mm -hmm. on on the Xbox, I couldn't find it. I had had the option to buy them again, the GOTY pack, but I couldn't find the import function, which is weird. Um, It might be a bug. Okay, that's... Look, so just look, we'll have to look into that because my understanding is that it yeah, should work. Exactly. You know, if you do own the previous ones, it should all just pull in. Exactly. As far as I understand, it pulls from your save. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Um. So, so anyway, just for our view, the readers to to know that anyway, um, it might be a bug. It might not. We'll tell you yeah. at a later stage. So overall, Ed, we've spoken a little bit about it now. Yeah. I mean. Come on, egad us in terms of Hitman Three. <laughs> it is good. Um, it's a very, ah, okay. very, very it's a good, good game. game. Um, it's not exceptional in that I, I mentioned that you can go back and you can spend your, the rest of your life in yes. it. And if you're that kind of player, if you're the kind of player that loves this game, it you'll love it. It's it'll be exceptional for you. But for me, I'll probably never go back to it. Um, there was this. Oh, fair this, enough. 
great mission uh, called Dartmoor, which is this English Victorian mansion with its own little subplot and murder mystery. And if you figure that out, you unlock a special suit for, for Agent 47. Oh, that's cool. I loved that mission. And as much as I loved it, I'll never go back to it again because I finished the campaign. And to me, to me it's yes, good, yes. but it's not. I probably won't think about okay. this until Eightman Four probably comes out one day. Well, I'm just curious to know what they're going to do because you did mention that the narrative of Hitman Three was it was far better than the previous two games, yes. and it kind of came to a wonderful conclusion, yeah. from what I understand. Now, my question to you is: Do you think they're still going to use Agent Forty Seven, or do you think they might possibly introduce someone else? See, that's the weird thing because if you've played Hitman Absolution, I think it was called the one right before Hitman Season One. Uh, mm-hmm. If you played that, you'd know there is this girl that that they were setting up to replace Hitman. Um, oh wow! All right. In in the new trilogy, that's not necessarily the case, and Hitman's story ends. It's it's the you can see this is the end oh. of the trilogy. Um, oh, okay. okay. So I don't know what's going on, but apparently they are still working on a new Hitman game. But that's nice, though. Oh. I mean, if I kind of like the arcs. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it was. World of assassination for this three, and then it's going to be like universe of assassination for the next, or maybe they'll just maybe, call yeah. them something different. You yeah, know? yeah, it could be something entirely different, and Who I knows? guess it will. Who knows? Yeah, actually, I'm curious. Do you think there were any hints to that previous assassin mm. from Absolution, like the mm. one that was supposed to overtake him? Or if they were, they flew over my head. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, at the end of well, the day, well, Ed. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, Did yeah. you know what else might fly over your head? What? The twists and turns in The Undoing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, uh, over time, Edward and I, we watched a lot of things. I mean, there was so much over the holiday period and before Gadel Season 2 started that we couldn't possibly talk about everything. But there are a few notable exceptions, and one of those is The Undoing, which is now available on HBO and Showmax in South Africa. And just very briefly, I thought it was a a good show. Average going towards good show. Just in terms of the fact that the acting was superb with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant and a few other notable actors. But the story was a little bit predictable. Um, in the sense of you could kind of guess what was going to happen despite the fact that they kept they keep throwing red herrings at you. So you're not really sure. Like they keep trying to make you doubt, but if you're very observant, you would know what's, mm. what's, what's going on. Either way, I think it's a, it's a good enough show that if you want to watch something exciting and on the edge of your seat tense, the undoing is well worth the watch. Um, just briefly without any spoilers, it has to do with um, high society in Manhattan, of course, everything that most of us, We'll never have, so of course we want to watch it live, Gossip Girl. And it has to do with um, this one young woman who isn't actually part of high society, but becomes included into it. And then when she is, there's this sort of saga that she gets embroiled in and then she gets murdered. And then it's all about who did it and how it undoes relationships and, you know, everything that happens. That's why it's called The, the Undoing. It, it, it's, it's entertaining. If anything, it is a very entertaining show. <laughs> uh, so if, if you're looking for a good like mystery, whodunit, um, on the edge of your seat suspense, uh, The Undoing is, is, is quite good. Um, you mentioned that it's high society. I didn't even know that. But 
also yeah. you, you modern society. Oh, okay. See, that's the thing because I know you've been watching ah. another one that was all about high society. Oh, it's so you've good. Been, it's you've so been good. doing my hating about it. Uh, <laughs> tell the viewers what. <laughs> Listen, y'all. If you haven't watched Bridgerton yet, you have done yourself a disservice. Okay. <laughs> so, simply put, it's basically. Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's uh, the easiest way to explain it. But it is somewhat more than that. So, yes, every now and again, there's like a ludicrous storyline that, you know, gets thrown in, um, most notably to probably attract a younger audience. But overall, it's a very good show. It's well acted. The the locations and the way that people look and the set design, it's all top, top, top notch. Um, in terms of the style of show, it does come from Shondaland. So anyone who's familiar with like Grey's Anatomy and whatever else Shonda Rhimes puts her fingers on, you know, like um, how to get away with murder and so on and so forth. It has a bit of those qualities, but I would say to a much higher degree. And I think it's because it's on Netflix. So they weren't restricted to what is allowed, and what isn't allowed on cable. I mean, on, on network television. So, you know, there's like swearing and you know, they, can, they can do all sorts of things and talk about topics that were maybe taboo for like net, for normal network TV. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very good show. It's just, it's just lovely. And you, you fall in love with the characters and how they, when they fall in love. And what, what makes it really cool is that there's a, Miss, a Madam Whistledown um, and she, she writes these scathing <laughs> periodicals about everybody in the, <laughs> the See, now, kind of like Gossip Girl. You know? Now I know why you love it because it's like Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> no, it's oh not, no. Grey's Anatomy has kind of fallen off the bandwagon over the years. This oh, is, okay. No, this is honestly it's it's a very highly produced show, and by okay. that I mean it's very high quality. So I wouldn't say Grey's Anatomy is a high quality TV show. That's what I'm getting at here. But Bridgerton is 100%. Like when I say that it's it's a merger of Pride and Prejudice and Gossip Girl, it's the best of both. So it's not like, like, you know, even Gossip Girl became a bit tawdry towards the end, you know, with these like over convoluted storylines and you're just like, ugh. Bridgerton, some of them are a little OTT, but within the point of believability. If anyone recalls me talking about The Great, it's kind of like that, just less crass. okay and the great was a great tv series so um bridgerton is good bordering on exceptional um at least the first season it kind of ends on a bit of a really you know is is that is that whistle down i cannot be i i I do think it's a red herring i'm not going to give it away but i do think it's a red herring and that we won't really know who she is until later on but that's all i'm going to say about that i I highly 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 recommend it okay um, and then Edward, on the other end of the spectrum, yeah, um, you're still learning Russian, and you allegedly mm-hmm. came across some Russian TV show called Silver Spoon. Yes. Oh, okay. It's a good show. Um, <laughs> usually, when I, I Google about Russian shows, um, I get all of these weird recommendations, and I never like any of them. I've watched a few Russian movies now; I didn't like them. I finally came across a TV show that I really like. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Have you finally watched no, I the haven't. Russian Avengers? <laughs> I have to sp- I have to bring it up again because Gettle 
the whole every person that is listening to Gettle and has been listening for the whole of lo- yeah. one first season and now in the second season is still waiting for you to watch it and offer your opinion. Yeah, I know. I know. I'll do, get to Do y'all hear that, hey? It's been well over a year since Edward has promised to watch the Russian Avengers. Yeah, okay. it's been... Um, <laughs> it's been what? I think it was episode four or five already. Listen, listen. It was long ago. Okay, Edward. Okay, okay. You need to promise our audience now that you're going to watch this within the next month. At a minimum. And that is being gracious. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Um when I finish Silver Spoon season one, I'll go straight to Guardian. So when I take my little break, do you even hear this now, y'all? Okay, no, he has to finish season one of Silver Spoon. That's going to happen before getting the next to the, week the movie okay. that he was supposed <laughs> to have finished over a year ago. Yeah, I know, I know. The thing is, I think it's because I actually forgot about it, but that's not the excuse. Oh. The excuse is, I think it's because I was afraid uh, that'll be too daunting for me. Um, oh, what do you mean in terms of the language? Yes. Yes, but just watch it with subtitles, Edward. No one is expecting you of to be fluent in the language. Of course I'm going to watch it with subtitles. Um, <laughs> well then. <laughs> anyway, I will. Uh, it, also, it has an English dub. Did you know that? Which is weird. Oh, um, you know what? I've seen like 10 minutes of it. I don't even want to know of the English dub. Eng- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently it does. Anyway, to get back on topic. Okay, yeah, sorry. Back to Silver uh, okay, Spoon. I back promise. To Spoon. I do promise within the next month. Um, hey, y'all, y'all hear that, hey? So within the next four episodes of Gettle, yes. so that means by episode six of season two, we will finally know whether Guardians is worth watching or not. Probably not, but we will <laughs> finally know. Hey, don't don't be languagist um, or whatever you want to call it. Okay, so Silver Spoon. Um, it's weird because the English name is Silver Spoon. In Russian, it's Major, which is major. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know why they changed the name. Um, but the gist of it is that this guy is a silver spoon. He's been fed everything for his entire life. He's this rich bureaucrat's son. Um, uh, okay, that... Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he is a troublemaker. The first episode, you can see it's a bit on low end. It's a pilot episode, if you will. Um, it... The, the, or rather, the budget kicked up a notch on the second episode. Um, anyway, the first episode is showcases how he's this troublemaker. He loves to to take drugs and to drink a lot, and uh, and he, he proposes to this girl, and then he gets in trouble with the police, which is just two, I don't know, buddy cop police guys <laughs> in a, in a special branch of the police, the Russian police, and he gets sent to the Chucky for like. I think a day or two. What's a chucky? Jail? Uh, no, yeah, just jail. Uh, it's just okay. overnight prison, I guess. Um, and he's released. And then his dad cuts up all these credit cards. Um, and he tells him, no, from now on, you're going to be a good boy. Um, because it cost me a lot to get you out of there. Um, and to get you free. And you're going to work. You're going to earn everything I give you. And... His dad ends up putting him in the same police force that caught him, uh, which is the specialized oh. just police branch. There are like four in the office. Okay, so it goes from Gossip Girl to Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. It, 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 it <laughs> but, 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 but it's not comedy, though. I take it as a drama. No, it, it's, it's half comedy, I would say. It, it turns okay. into a darker thing much later on in the season. But at first, oh, okay. um, at least Silver Spoon himself, Igor is his name, um, 
at least he is like the the class clown um and okay. at first he he doesn't love the job he makes all of these stupid jokes um but then he ends up liking helping people a lot so much so that he tells his friend to basically give himself in because the twist for the first episode, uh, so it's not oh, much of a spoiler. Oh, okay. First episode. I was yeah. Like, first season. No, please don't. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so the first episode twist is basically that his friend, who also still does drugs and alcohol, and he speeds every time, he drove over this little girl, and this gave Ooh. Igor a little bit of an existential crisis, and he tells... Uh, well, as it should. Yeah. I mean... So he tells his friend that, listen, you've got two hours to, to give yourself in, um, to turn yourself in, or... I'm going to do it for you. And that's basically the first episode. And then from okay. there, it just spirals into this, basically a crime drama, drama uh, which is amazing. I, I, okay. I'm I hooked and I'm only, what, I think on my eighth episode <laughs> now. So, yeah. Okay, that sounds good. I mean, so so it's, it's good then? I mean, you've watched enough to give it a yes, somewhat of a... Yes, it's, it's good. It's, it's a okay. very, okay. very good show. Unfortunately... Um, I usually look ahead for the shows I like because I become obsessed. Season three is not available <laughs> globally yet. I can't find anything. And it's a Netflix show. I was show. actually just going to ask where are you watching it? On Netflix? Yes, it's a Netflix show. I, oh, I awesome. Can't, you can't procure it anywhere else anyway, even if you tried. <laughs> so so you, I kind of have to watch it on Netflix. Um, do, do, it, do, you know, do you know what? You're saying it's not available, right? But it is available. Yeah, right? In Russia only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way that Netflix generally works for yeah. TV shows that they don't produce mm-hmm. is it has to first finish airing in whatever country it was made in full. Well, it's done. and then it takes and then from then to about a year before it goes onto their service because of a whole lot of agreements and it's just that, that's just how it is. See, that's weird because it finished airing in I think 2018, um, and there's already oh, a movie oh. which is the official sequel um, out. Um, so oh, I, well, that's that's interesting. Then, uh, maybe they they didn't want to you know renew the agreement. Maybe, it maybe. watch people didn't watch enough on Netflix. It, In which case, get an audience, get watching, so that Edward can get his season three. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but season three is the only one not available on global Netflix. It's only on Russian Netflix. On global Netflix. Okay, yeah. So you can maybe just uh, VPN it. Um. Yeah, I'll have to. I we think. do not condone this, but. I have VPN is a legal thing, okay? You can VPN all you want. Just don't sign up for now, look, subscriptions. Um, well. Speaking of, of, I guess, I mean, for us, it wouldn't be an international show, right? It would be a local show. Now, mm. we don't often speak about local shows because, let's be real, South African produced stuff is often generally pretty bad. Often, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very often. Not always. There, there, there's some... Good gems every now and again, but but on the most part, they're they're pretty average or lame. <laughs> well, today it's not necessarily a review. It actually technically is a bit more of a preview um, because we've only had access to the first two episodes. But there's a new TV show coming out on Showmax, the Showmax original. It starts, I think, on the 22nd of February. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be re- released weekly or if it's going to the full season is going to come out all at once. But there are only eight episodes anyway. It is called Dumb. Now, that sounds like dumb in the English language, but it's actually dam, you know, like a body of water in the English language, but in Afrikaans, you pronounce it as dumb. Yeah, <laughs> spelt the same, pronounced differently. But but what's cool about it is, um, I'll give you like a very brief, very, very brief overview. 
Um, it's technically a small town psychological thriller, or at least that's what it's trying to be. Um, and it has this this woman called Yola Fisher, and she comes back from Chile where she's doing her doctorate, whatever the case is, back to the Eastern Cape because the father has passed away under mysterious circumstances. And um, as I mentioned before, I've only seen the first two episodes and that's all I'm really, I mean, it's all I can really speak about. Um, I'm going to try and keep this as spoiler free as possible, but, but I mean, it's two episodes. It's not really, I mean, I can't really spoil anything. Um, and essentially the, the way it works is, is the father, it seems like he committed suicide, but we don't really know if he did or not. And then when Yola or Yolanda comes back, it, it's quite clear that she's quite estranged to her family. Um, and they make mention of the mother having gone insane, and you do see her in the insane asylum, um, and that there was another sister, okay? Um, but we only see the, the two sisters at the moment, so nobody really knows what happened to the third one. Um, and so it it plays out all right. Like, within the first 20 minutes of the first episode, you're introduced to sex thank you netflix because this is what netflix has done to the world um to demonic audio and um weird visuals and a very very true attempt at trying to make things scary but not really succeeding um i I will admit the show is beautifully shot Um, from a cinematography perspective it's actually incredible i mean the, the the way that they do certain things to try and set up the eerie feel by like focusing on like taxidermied animals and flies on certain things. I would like to think there's a certain like dichotomy to portraying this cute little innocent town, but that it has like some, something seedier underneath. But of course, maybe that's just me overanalyzing something that's really simple. And that's just somebody who thought that they'd throw these things in to make it look cool. Um, or, or scary. <laughs> so, like, or, look, it's not, it's not scary. Um, and it's not, I didn't find, now I'm somebody who doesn't like horror. All right. I get scared pretty easily when it comes to like TV shows and games. I didn't feel any of that while watching dumb. Damn. I'm going to call it damn because otherwise it sounds like I'm saying it's dumb. I thought it's damn Um, until today. So, uh, anyways, now one thing that's really cool is when you're watching the title sequence, um, damn comes up and there's actually a reflection in the damn, which says mad. Because damn backwards is mad. <laughs> That's so damn. <laughs> look, look. Overall, I think it's a decent show. Um, the acting, at least in the first half of the first episode, left a lot to be desired. But as the episode moved on and they finally got away from introducing all of the characters, it actually started getting pretty good. Oh. You know, like there's the the you know the the typical i mean anyway it, it's it's a decent show um i do worry that they're trying a bit too hard to make it mysterious and scary and not actually getting there um cuz you know like things happen like she keeps having like yolanda keeps having these visions and every time she's in the water she keeps hearing some demonic voice and it's never explained. At least in the first two episodes, you don't really know what's going on. And then there's some other random chick in a, in the same crazy house that Yolanda's mother's in who makes like orgasm noises and writes in blood on the wall. So 
I don't know. They never. They ha- <laughs> we still don't know what that's about. Now I know two episodes is not really much to <laughs> to go on, um, but essentially what I'm gathering, and I don't think this is spoilery because it's only the first two episodes. And honestly, if you watch, you should pick this up yourself because it's pretty obvious. I think something happened to the youngest sister, which is the one that they have mentioned is no longer around. Like. From what I, I gather, something happened to that younger sister, which then drove the, ma- the mother mad, and that's why she's in the madhouse. And then the two sisters are left over, and then the father looks after them, right? And that's why they think that him, that his death was a mysterious circumstance, even though they show you that it was a suicide, all right? So obviously, there's something nefarious going on, and I'm of the assumption that it's the dead sister, that, she, that maybe she was molested or something, or something even more horrendous happened, and now she's coming back to prove a point. Oh. Well, the, the name of the show is dumb, obviously. So maybe we're going to end up finding out that Yola drowned and all we're seeing is just hallucinations or something. Okay, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, I don't think that that's the case, to be oh, okay. perfectly honest with you. Um, but that would be a cool spin. Like, look, like I said, we don't know. We've only seen the first two episodes, which is very little to go on. So again, this is more a preview than a review. Um, but if it was bordering on a review, I would say that the show is average bordering on good, um, just because of the little bit that, I, that I've seen. Maybe if I had, had if I was afforded the opportunity of watching the whole thing in its entirety, I could tell you if it's worth it or not. But mm. judging on two episodes, I can honestly admit that I'm actually kind of keen to see where it goes. Like I want to know a little bit more about what is this thing. So I think from that perspective, I think they've done a decent job. Okay. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, something else that we we did recently, and we're just going to make mention of it now rather than talking about it in great detail, is um, we were lucky enough to, again, thanks to the Showmax people, um, have an interview with the creators of Mama Named Me Sheriff. Yep. Um, it's a pretty decent interview. It just, you know, it goes into the creative process behind the scenes and, um, you know, why the creators did what they did and and what happened to Mr. Pickles, which was the original show that this new show sort of spawned off of. Um, we'll link to the the interview below. Definitely check it out if it is to your interest. But something that I will admit is that Edward and I had never heard of either of these shows until the interview opportunity came up. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> and then, having watched them, I will say Mr. Pickles is pretty good. Uh, I thought that was, I think it's better than Mama and Me Sheriff. I, uh, so. I don't like it at all. Um, I think it's It's puerile. not amazing, but it's it's something. Yeah, it is puerile. It very is. It's actually not my kind of humor either. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we watched it to take part in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me let me put it this way. It's perfect for people who like King of the Hill or uh, South Park. Yeah. And you see, like South Park, I can do in small doses, but I wouldn't binge it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, with that said, we have to just speak about this really quickly. I finally finished BoJack Horseman. What? An incredible TV series. Okay. Okay. That's no, for real. I mean, I would say, no, I'm not going to say, I, I don't want to say exceptional. I don't want to say that it's a, a must watch. Um, But a part of me does because it starts off as this but like dumb, puerile show. But if you give it time, it's probably one of the best written shows I've watched in a very long time. And I know that's strange to say for an animated TV show, but it's because the show deals with so many real world topics 
that other TV series don't. I mean, I'm talking about anxiety, depression, suicide, you know, and they really go into the psyche of the individuals, specifically Bojack Horseman, who's the protagonist of the show, and the terrible things that he's done in his life because of the fact that he was basically abused and neglected as a child. So it's actually, it's it's an incredible show, and the final season was so poignant. It just, it did such a wonderful job of wrapping up all of the storylines, which, you know, you look at some bigger live-action TV series, even they don't take the time to do that. But in BoJack Horseman, something that happened in the first episode of the first season will still be spoken about in the final episode of the last season. It's just, the attention to detail is phenomenal. Um, you know what? I think from an animated show perspective, I'm, I would say it's an exceptional TV show. I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. It's a good cartoon. It's, no, it's not. It's an exceptional it's not a cartoon. cartoon. That's the thing. It's not a cartoon. It's it's... It's a bit like Avatar, you know, like how great, how excellent Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's an exceptional TV show. All right, it's an anime. It's like that, but but from a more of a bit of a dumb humor to really exploring dark topics that other TV series just don't do. Um, That's like cool, Game though. of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm done arguing about Game of Thrones. I'm done. Okay, but but wait, but wait. The reason I have to bring it up is because Edward really watched and did something fascinating recently. Yeah. And that is, um, I didn't know about this until he told me. So for those of you who listen to Gettle, you know, that eighth season was just, I don't know what that was. Even so. That was such a slap in the face to everybody, honestly. The, the storylines didn't make sense. They went back on like Jamie's arc. It was just, it was just, it was just a mess, you know, making Danny go crazy. No, no, I didn't. It was, it was horrible. Um, the, the way the night King died, even you just like, what is even going on here? I mean, anyway, <laughs> so Edward found this thing called game of Thrones redeemed. Yep. And it's a fan edit of somebody who took season seven and eight and re-edited it into something worth watching. Hey, Ed. Yeah. So game of Thrones redeemed, um, it literally takes it it cuts seven and eight out of the canon and re-edits and reshuffles it completely. Uh, and when I say completely, I mean like where seven and well, where the first half of eight dealt with the Night King and the last half dealt with um Cersei, it's completely reshuffled now in terms of the Night King is uh is the very last boss now because Let's be honest. Which that, is how it should have been. Yes, that's that's how it's been. I mean, the Night King was the very first scene of Game of Thrones. Why shouldn't it be the very last? You know, yeah. it, that kind of thing. But um, the thing is, that's what... Look, I know there's this whole thing of subverting expectations. But, you know, there's subverting expectations and then slapping everybody in the face who's been watching for eight years. Yeah, that, okay? that's the thing. There's a big difference between the two. So... Essentially, it's it's a fan edit. We all know of the countless millions of Star Wars fan edits yeah. that exist. Um, Game of Thrones Redeemed is literally that, um, but it's just uh, rather it's it's one of the most ambitious fan edits I've ever seen because it takes. Well, I mean, I can imagine. Right? I mean, it's not like taking a two-hour movie. You're now taking what two ten-episode seasons. So you're looking at what at least. 20 hours? An hour per episode, so yeah. 20 hours of work. Yeah, 
uh, a completely oh, that's, that's kind a of, momentous task. And uh, obviously, the the person who did it, which goes by the name of Almighty Cutie, on the respective <laughs> forums, um, we found this at. Um, they had to work with what they were given. Um, so obviously, yeah, obviously they can only do so much. But what they've well, done maybe. with what is given is phenomenal. Um, in that they managed to, but by cutting the okay, so I'm going to spoil this now. But by cutting the entire little subplot Danny is crazy Danny goes mad Uh, they fixed five major key subplots (laughs) just by cutting that but obviously I mean the the the, yeah sorry I don't want to I don't want to like interject here but like the biggest issue that I have with season eight and please for those of you I know I've mentioned this before to those of you who've been listening for a long time I understand it's impossible to make something that everybody will enjoy, but that's not my argument as to why season eight was so bad. It was bad because they destroyed the characters that they had been working seven seasons on to get to a certain point. Yeah. I mean, don't tell me that Jamie's redemption arc meant nothing because that's what they did. They Mm -hmm. made it mean nothing by him going to save Cersei in the end. Yep. You know, Danny going crazy was just out of the blue. For eight, for seven seasons, she was fighting for the people to be a better person. Then, oops, all of a sudden in season eight, nope, she's the Mad King's daughter. Like, yeah. what are you doing? This, like, it would have been fine if they had slowly along the way, you know, planted these seeds of these people really not being redeemed in any way. Yeah. But they didn't. And the Night King, gosh, don't even give me start on the Night King. How he just, boop dead in like half of one episode and it's in the middle of the season you're like excuse me we've just spent six and a half seven seasons building up to this momentous occasion and that was it no 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 no. that's not how it works (laughs) sorry (laughs) like i said they're subverting expectations and then there's doing a shitty job yeah the the thing (laughs) is um throughout the entire show you get you you do get these seeds of Danny maybe not being a little right in the head, and then in the end, fair enough. She fair enough. she succeeds over them. She be, she shows that she's greater, and she but does. Isn't this that the whole point? Continually, is that every like, single that season. she's not her father. Yes. So uh, why suddenly at the end? Oh no, she, that that switch that she manages to flip every single time. It happens. It doesn't happen now, and now she's just crazy. It doesn't make. Oh, sense. you know why. Because she finally had some Jon Snow. Oh, maybe, yeah. She had that fire. <laughs> no, sorry. She had that ice, I guess. Listen, can, can we um, not talk about that that plot of The Chosen One, which just never came around in the final season? Yep. Uh, okay. Azora High? Where? N- nowhere, apparently. <laughs> um, so, so, obviously, in cutting stuff up and moving stuff around, there will be a few new plot holes that, that emerges. Like, the, the fact that Tyrion was cut from ever going to Cersei because that was stupid and it didn't make yeah. sense for his character. That was cut, which means he never um, went to fetch Genry, at least on screen. So now mm, Genry mm, just mm. kind of pops up whenever John goes to the wall. Well, um, let, let's be real. That's not that different exactly. to things just popping up anyway exactly. in the actual edit. Thank you. So, so <laughs> you know, like, like the biggest one. I know, I know, you mentioned this in your review of of the redeemed season. Is that 
time there is no time travel yeah in this edited version whereas in the real in the the actual published version of the show they travel like days worth of distance in like three seconds yes which is which never happened in any previous season in game of thrones except for the final one literally which never. just proves that they were rushing it i mean anyway I, I, anyway anyway edward we can talk about this for for for, for days um yeah we're going to link to edward's review which is very good by the way and it does a really great analysis of the differences between the original version of Game of Thrones season eight and the redeemed version. So much so that after editing it, I kind of feel like I want to watch it mainly because I want to be redeemed. I mean, I mean, nobody can deny that after the crappy eighth season, the show just dropped off the face of the earth. No one even talks about it anymore. Yeah. You had one of the most watched shows of all time to just boop, disappear out of the out of the cultural norm. Yeah. I mean, people are still, people still talk about like Pokemon and I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, I mean, Bad. even Beanie Babies are still spoken about more than bloody Game of Thrones and <laughs> Game of Thrones ended not even three years ago. Yep. The, the thing you is, know? We, we, it, it's sad actually how it, how it is because Game of Thrones to me, it, it has a, sp- a special place more just like Breaking yes, Bad. But, it, but you know why It is though. bad. Um, no, it's because you spend seven seasons of building up to get somewhere just for everything that you've been told to be thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would I want to... Like, like if I had known before watching the entire show from the beginning that it was going to have such an unsatisfactory ending, I wouldn't have bothered wasting my time. That's just the big deal here. This is why no one talks about it anymore. Yeah, It was just so unsatisfying. And they know, they know. Which is basically why... Like, I know we're getting the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Like, I would love a new cut of Game of Thrones, but an official one from HBO. Let me just say this much. Since we've heard about D&D's Star Wars deal, have you heard of them at all anymore? Have, oh no, they were dropped. Have you, they were dropped. Have you heard of their Netflix deal <laughs> anymore? It's been, it's all dead. Exactly. After after the Game of Thrones debacle, that was it. They, everybody's, everybody's cut them loose. And you know what? It serves you right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. <laughs> Okay, um, just a, just a quick one while we're still talking about Game of Thrones. Oh, actually, before we move on, Ed, yeah, is it worth watching the redeemed version? In my opinion, it is absolutely worth it. It's it's an exceptional, it's exceptional. Okay, well it, there we go. It's hey, an you've heard edits. it from the horse's mouth. Um, the redeemed version is actually exceptional because it writes all the wrongs of the original. Yeah. Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, I actually came across another fan theory, and this was I actually found this before. Um, Edward told me that he was reviewing the, um, well, the redeemed version of the show. And basically, it's a fan theory which states the following. Aya died from being stabbed in the gut and falling in fetid water. All episodes thereafter are her last thoughts. Some a mix of fantasies of her saving her sister and brothers, but the dots get less connected as she dies and is why the final season doesn't make much sense. (laughs) See... I don't believe that theory. <laughs> the theory I believe is that uh, the moment Bran, or Bran, I guess, he did the whole yeah. Walt the Door thing. From that moment on, everything we it see changed everything. are a vision, are visions. Yeah. Um, and then now this redeemed, or whenever we get the proper cut, uh, the, the GOT director's cut or whatever, that's going to be after the vision now that we know how shit it ends. 
<laughs> you know what? They, they could totally do that. And I, I, I could tell you now, if they actually retconned it like that by saying, oh, no, actually, all of that was a vision. So now they know what to expect. I, I would take that and I would watch a ninth season. Yeah. I would. I would accept that. Yeah. But it's never going to happen. No. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, something that, something that you can do with the people in your life um, when you're not re-watching Game of Thrones Redeemed are some cool video games to play with your partner, hey, Ed? Yeah. Basically, what you can do is throw your controllers out the window with one another <laughs> is, is what I'm gathering. <laughs> So what we did for Valentine's Day, which is obviously long past now, um, I, which I, we, we we totally forgot yeah. about in our first episode, which is basically what we're getting at. Yeah, well, it's it's too bad now. Listen to us talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, uh, I wrote a little follow up at Hans's behest, and I'm I'm glad he did ask me to do it um, for last year's Valentine's yeah, I'll be post um, <laughs> about more games you can play with your loved one. Um, of course. I mean, yeah. like, so, I mean, think about it like this. You already maybe watch TV shows and movies with your loved one, right? Yeah. So why not play a video game? You know, it's interactive. You can do it together. You can, you know, like it would say, break controls together. Yeah. Whatever. Like, like, <laughs> and the thing, the, the beauty of most of these games are that you don't have to invest a lot of time in them. It's literally like, oh, you're not a gamer? Well, just join me anyway. Let's be my supporting yeah. companion in Rayman Legends, for instance. Um, or... Yeah. Let's suck at the game and uh, at Cuphead, for instance, and just rage. Oh goodness! Together. You know, you know, when I saw Cuphead in the list, I was like, "Are you trying to get people to break up? Because <laughs> yeah. that's how you get people to break up." <laughs> yeah, or, or it's, it's kind of like Monopoly, you know. <laughs> Essentially, Monopoly destroys homes. Cuphead destroys relationships. Um, or, or just go on a journey of reflecting together in a haven. Um, you know, I've been wanting to play Haven. I really have. Mm. Um, tell me, did you play it with Marianne? I played, or rather we played about an hour of it. Um, and, and? Was it any good? To me it was. I love visual novels. It, it, it's a weird mixture to, between visual novel and, and role play. Um, it's, okay. it's got this weird Genshin Impact feel to it almost. Uh, you know that I haven't played Genshin Impact, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I have played maybe ten minutes, and I, I deleted it because I don't do gaming on on my phone at okay. all. I hate on it. mobile. Okay, no I worries. Hate it. So as good as the game looks and plays, I just didn't go back to it. Anyway, Haven has this kind of feel to it, and it's good. And apparently, we didn't get that far, but it, apparently, it explores deep, connected thoughts that that couples usually go through. And it's it's that's amazing. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so it's one of one of the better picks, right, on this list of uh, co-op video games with a partner. One of the more finding your partner kind of games. So, yeah, so, so, you've gone from breaking up, so now you want to make amends. So yeah, you- <laughs> pretty much. This is it. This is the one you play. So play Haven after you've played Cuphead. Yes, it's what it is getting. At. Yeah, and then and then. At, on your anniversary, you do like Rayman Legends or Minecraft or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, overall, um, it's a great list and it, it follows on from our 2020 list. Uh, so as always, we link it down below. So if you do have a significant other in your life or even just a friend, it doesn't have to be somebody that you're romantically involved with. If you're just looking for a cool co-op game to play, you know, something that means a little bit more than just, you know, random you know, shooting people because I'm thoroughly into Apex right now. But anyway, um, <laughs> this is cool because, you know, you can play these couch co-op as well. So you can sit together 
um, which is really nice. Yeah. So yeah. Now with that, with that, I know this is like it's not really related, but Ed, I've got to ask you this quickly. I've got to ask you this. Yes. So, do you know how to tell the difference between a boiled egg and a fresh egg? Um, like, let's say you didn't know, and there were two eggs on the table. Okay, well, I know now. Would you be able to tell the difference? But just by them laying on the table. Well, I mean, I mean, you can do whatever you need because to them, whether it's putting them in water. Surely or... you can just feel them, the weight. Because a bo- boiled no, egg would be The heavier. weight wouldn't change. Why wouldn't it? See, that's... that's Because it's exact... See, that's not I don't change. know. <laughs> the weight. I don't know how eggs work. <laughs> I only cook them. Uh, I thought a anyway, boiled anyway. egg being solid um, is heavier. Okay, okay. You could you could maybe be right, but I, I doubt it. But you I could maybe on some on some level. Um, the thing is, an egg is a solid thing. It, there's no gases or liquids escape. So in my mind, the weight wouldn't change whether that it's boiled or, or soft. Anyway, um, initially, I thought maybe it had to do with it, whether it floats or not. But it turns out that's not the case. Do you actually want to know what you need to do? Yeah. And this is a useful tip for you for anyone out there who might have, like in my experience, aged parents who forget that they boiled eggs. Um, <laughs> how? <laughs> but okay, <laughs> I don't know. You spin it. That's it. You spin it on the table, and what will happen is, if you spin a boiled egg, it will just continue spinning. If you spin a raw egg, it struggles to spin. It actually does a weird, like, like a, a weird, like loop de loop because when you spin it, you're actually spinning the liquid inside the egg versus spinning the egg as a solid. That reminds me of Inception, like, like the, <laughs> the egg is is. The main guy's <laughs> top. <laughs> oh, lo- low budget version of Inception, right? Yes. Because <laughs> those, those tops are super cool. Um, actually, a very good friend of mine who lives in America, he bought this this uh, top set and it cost him like $800 or something. Um, but like they're made out of like super rare metals and they're really beautiful. And if you spin them, they, they, they really go for really long periods of time because they're so perfectly balanced. But yes, budget version would use eggs. Thank <laughs> you. There we go. So, so how to tell if you're in Inception or not? Spin your egg, and if it stops spinning, you're fine. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're not in a dream. <laughs> um, another random um thing just to talk about: crocodile tears, Ed. Yeah. Real or fake? Depends who you ask. Um, if oh, you ask the oh, crocodile, oh. they might be real. Um, so. We all know the expression, right? Crocodile tears. Yeah. Um, do you know where it comes from, though? Or why that is the expression? Well, I assume from real crocodiles. Okay, fair enough. So do you think real crocodiles cry? Do, don't all animals cry? Or so, so this is where it gets very interesting. Crocodiles do not, in fact, cry. However... However, when a crocodile has voraciously eaten its prey, as in gripped, spun, drowned, and ingested, it sometimes forms gas. Now, that gas often needs to escape. So sometimes it comes out the eye hole. So they don't fart. (laughs) Is what I'm getting. (laughs) (laughs) Crocodiles can't fart. Gettle 2021. <laughs> I know I, that's not that's not the kind of gas. I mean, it's more. It's kind of like you know, if you eat fast like or if you drink fast, you know, you get that that like, like indigestion, yeah, and yeah. then you burp, 
It's that kind of gas. Yeah. So as it so happens, um, they actually don't cry. But when they release that gas from having eaten it, their prey, it, it pushes out liquid out of the, the which, eye socket. Which means... And that's where you get crocodile tears from, yeah. which is why crocodile tears be fake. Yeah, you see? because they don't cry out you of see? sadness. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Isn't that cool? Hey, don't that, think that's, that's cool? That's something I learned today. <laughs> I will say that much. Jeez. Okay. Well, it's kind of on par with... Um, the research of the people, well, not really on par, but it's kind of, you know, when you look at the animal kingdom again, right, there's some really fascinating things that are going on in terms of research and what some animals can do. Like um, what we wanted to mention last week, we were going to mention this week is how um, scientists have proven that pigs are intelligent enough to play video games. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, legit. That's pretty cool. Now, of course, I mean, I'm not talking about they're picking up an Xbox controller and beating you at Apex. Yeah. Like what I mean is... <laughs> Porky boy. Um, What the the scientists have done, and it's really incredible research, is they set up a very rudimentary system of a single joystick, which the the pigs could use, could maneuver with their snout, and then created a very arbitrary, very basic video game, kind of like Pong, you know, where there's a ball that moves on the screen, and they have to move uh, panels around in order to keep the ball from falling off the screen. And what they found is that Using a general like reward system where if they manage to to prevent the ball from going off the screen, they get rewarded with something. The the pigs were actually in, more inclined to maneuver the joystick to prevent the balls from disappearing off the screen. But it goes further than that because they actually found that the pigs would then encourage each other, and then it became a social event. So even though they weren't getting rewards anymore for making the balls, you know, stay within a certain, you know, segment of the screen, they would do it anyway as a means of almost fun. That's so, terrible. you know, it's it's actually, it's it's really incredible research. It's, it's far more in-depth than the, the way that I, we're simplifying it right now. And as always, we will link into the, the show notes. Go and check it out. It's really fascinating. And, you know, I guess the vegans are going to use this to be like, why you shouldn't be eating meat um they are intelligent <laughs> because if, 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 <laughs> well i mean if they can play video games that's a legit thing now now look i don't want to get into the ethical debate about it because i do believe that you know even if we are consuming animals that they should be treated ethically that's just you know it is one of the few things that i know edward believes this very much as well which is why you know free range even though maybe that they don't actually do it you know i don't want to don't really want to get into that debate right now but you know, when you do see things like this, it just proves that there's so much we don't actually know, even about the delicious livestock that we currently consume. So, bacon, you know, <laughs> the bacon we put in our buns. And- I mean, I mean, I mean, what, 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 what are the odds? One of these days you're going to walk into Woolies and they're going to be like video game bacon. You know, you know, this is in, enriched with extra antioxidants. To be fair, um, in Japan, uh, obviously you'll know this, um, you get steaks, you can get the fancy, super expensive steak. And then you get the certificate telling you what kind of music this cow listened to and everything. Now, yes, video that is, game and the bacon, beer that it drank, and yeah, video game bacon is not too far from that. To be fair, <laughs> could you imagine this one finished The Last of Us? The, so it's extra sad. And, and, and this one <laughs> has two chicken dinners in PUBG. So, so you're, Yo, you're meaning that you're if you eat this winner. bacon, you'll get a chicken dinner. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Although, although realistically, I would like to think it would be a chicken that wins that chicken dinner, you know? 
Oh, actually, that's, no, maybe that's, that's a bit uh, weird. That too that's on the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> um, look, on the topic of animals, um, there was something very cool that I also... So we've gone from like eggs to actual animals, now back to, I guess, pets in the home. Um, I saw this really cool study um, where they were talking about dogs and how... Obviously, we know that dogs are intelligent enough that you can train them. You know, like poppy sit or stand or roll over, play dead. You know, there's all sorts of things like that. And they're continuing to do more research into whether animals can actually understand human language. And what they found, at least from a dog perspective, is that dogs can understand things, but they can't make out unique vowels. So saying sit or um, like dig, they would get confused between the two. Does that make sense? Because the vowels sound the same. Similar. I think I may have used the incorrect example there, but y- you guys get my point. It's more like, you know, <laughs> there, there is like a, a, a very, um, they, they can't make out certain things, you know? Mm, that makes sense. Like like dog, or if you say dog and dag, or, um, you, know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's little things like that. Yeah. But overall, they can really understand a lot, but it's also why they postulate that dogs will never really be able to understand full human language. Yeah. So it's more to do with like your intonation and the overall sound of the word versus the unique unique elements to a word, which is why, you know, you can train dogs in a variety of languages because it's all got to do with that that overall intonation. That, you know? That's cool, actually. Now, with dogs in the mind, this is also just another random fact. I'm just going to throw it in here. Um, I found out that um, President Gerald Ford, one of the presidents of the United States, used to actually use a dog to end meetings early. Um, and by this, what he, what he would do is he'd have a button under the table that the guests couldn't see. And when he pressed it, one of the staffers would let the dog into his office and it would immediately go to the person who was there with him for the meeting. And that would then create a natural break in the, oh, look, puppy's here. Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, you know what? Let's put a pause in this for today. That's amazing, <laughs> by the way. Dog right? lovers take note. Because <laughs> like, oops, he wants to pee. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go walkies and then forget about the meeting altogether. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now with all of this on the mind. Now, how we're relating this? I don't know. You don't want to know, yeah. but we're here now. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking now. I'm going to relate taking a dog for a walk to Spider BDSM. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! Just the way you just like spider BDSM. I mean, really? <laughs> hey, that's what it is. That's literally what it is. Um, is it really? Really? Uh, pretty much, um, in a sense. So what I found out is this super incredible little snippet that. So we all know spiders; they consume their mates, especially the females. The females consume the mates yes. when they have less sex. Okay. <laughs> Um, now, there is a certain type of genus that they've studied, or I think it's just a species, not even genus, um, who refuses to be eaten. Um, instead, oh. yeah, instead they tie their mates up so they, they can't eat them, bite them so they're sedated, and then just have at it all as much as okay. they want. Listen. I know you read BDSM here. Yeah. That'd be sounding like rape. Okay, so it's okay. not because um, <laughs> at least early studies suggest it's not. Um, so okay. 
it turns out that I don't know what the full name. Well, I know what the name is, but I don't know if I can pronounce it. It's Thanatus fabricae. Okay, but it's it's the redback spider. Uh, it's yes. also a redback spider. Um, I mentioned. Okay, the well, we're just going to go with with the easy term. <laughs> um. So so yeah, they literally in, uh, essentially they are tired of being eaten. So they they will always sigh up their mates. Um, their female mates. Um, oh. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that. Okay, so the males are tired of being eaten. Yes. So once they've consented to do the deed, they tie them up and BDSM them. So no. So so the tying up happens before <laughs> the consent. Um, <laughs> oh. So so what happens okay. is they'll tie them up whenever they think it's ready to to do the deed, and then yes. um, the study found that. The, the females who will give into this sedation and will allow their mates to mate with them, to bear with them. Yes. It seems like this is their type of consent because they found that even though they have been bitten and the sedation is taking place, um, the yes. females who do not consent still struggle f- free and they still reject the mate um, all the way through these entire mating process. Oh, so, oh. so so they think that um even though it sounds rapey um yeah it, very it, much it may not be because okay but but how certain are they what they if are not it's the potency of the venom mm. do you know what i mean yeah what if some males are slightly more potent than others so when they bite the female it's not because she's not consenting it's because she legit can't move. Yeah, see, it's these studies are still very, very. Oh, but you know what? Early, yeah. But oh, but then again, you see, that would make sense from an evolutionary standpoint mm. because it would mean that the males with the more potent venom are then able to reproduce. That's with the females. That's also true. You see? Yeah. Right. I see. Oh, I see. Very we're interesting. The, the jobs very interesting. These people no, are doing. I, I haven't read. The, I haven't read the article, but actually, just, I'm just thinking about on. it from um, an evolutionary perspective. Basically, the article I listed just says that is it comes down to. They're tired of being eaten because um, at the end of the day, many spiders do allow themselves to be eaten, by the way, because mm. in an evolutionary sense, it, it allows as many sperm to enter the female body. And did you yeah. know, which is something I just learned in going through this research papers, that spiders, they, they, they carry the sperm in or at least the, the, the cells in two different storage pockets and then oh, the female decides when to fertilize her eggs with these cells. That's all spiders. I'm not sure if it's all spiders, but many spiders, uh, especially the spiders who allow that's themselves. Very to interesting. Them. So that's yes, that's yes. fascinating. But um, you see, again, that's genetic selection, yes. like what we mentioned in the last week's episode. That's literally nature doing its thing. Very, very interesting. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. It's super wow. interesting. Um, so now, obviously, these spiders are, uh, in, instead of giving the female all of the sperm by, by being consumed, they just have multiple sessions with them while they're tied up. And the reason I say it's spider BDSM is not because the, the <laughs> venom might be more potent or not. It's because the females yeah, yeah. reject or accept, depending on whether they are in the mood or not. So... There's that. Oh, that as well. Yeah, which means those that like it just like being okay, tied up. But but it's it's not just the male biting them and then wrapping them up and then having their way with them. Is there still some sort of a the female like allows him to bite her? 
Yes. Um, uh, or, or rather, okay. no. Um, what these reaches has found is that the instead of the usual entire coaxing and the, the entire mating ritual that mm, many mm. spiders do, like many of them do that dance, you see that meme online. Yes, um, correct, yeah. The the redback spider they just go in for the, for the bite immediately. They just bite and get done with it. Yeah, you see, that doesn't sound very consensual to me. See, but that's you're just looking at different. No, but but that's here. why, like for <laughs> like, me, that that's why, like no, but that's why to me it seems more like a venom thing. Yes, because like you know you're talking be. about how how the female if she doesn't if she doesn't accept will break free and then eat the male anyway. Or at least right? just not mates, yeah. Or or, or something, yeah, or just not mate. Mm. Re- like okay, anyway, fascinating, it, it, fascinating, it's, fascinating, fascinating. It's super fascinating, and it's still ongoing study. Almost it's as fascinating new. as bats. So yes, almost as fascinating <laughs> as bats because my gosh, have we not <laughs> seen enough of those <laughs> in in the last two years? Um, yeah, with bats on the mind, especially regarding real life at the moment um there are new studies oh why because of covid yes because of covid but that wasn't bats that was that was um, a secret lab that little (laughs) in wuhan wasn't it um anyway anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so bats um just like dogs who don't fully understand human language obviously they have their own way of understanding each other now, it turn, turns out that bats, along with monkeys and even humans, they have fully vocalized speech um, in that they understand each other and the way they speak to one another. Um, so okay. what, what a group of re- researchers from the Tel Aviv, I think, yeah, the Tel Aviv University um, in Egypt, obviously, they captured 15,000 samples of bat vocalization. That's a lot. From 22 yeah. captured Egyptian fruit bats. Sure. Um, put them into a machine learning program. And yeah. essentially the program sifted through everything and found out that they can be, all of these vocalizations can be grouped in, well, no, not all. 60% of these vocalizations can be grouped into one of four categories. And this is, and I quote, because it's food, power, territory, and obviously sex. Now, the reason for this is because they need to talk to one another before they do anything. They need to fight with one another to get something. The same way monkeys do. The same way humans do. And it's actually fascinating um, in that they, yeah, the the study doesn't go anywhere beyond this. Um, It's still a very new study as well. Uh, So, yeah, um, I, I did put a quote here, which just basically further explains the way it works. Um, but I just explained it to you now anyway. Awesome. Um, awesome. And yeah. So bats, when they don't like each other, they'll scream at each other. Now we know. Especially if they <laughs> want... Well, if the, especially if they have a headache that night. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we've come to the end of... It was a quick one, um, and I'm sad, but I wanted to keep it clean, so... No, I, I like it, I like yeah. it. Oh, okay, now that we've done the NSFW, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we have just realized we are not recording Edward's wonderful mug for this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we've just been recording for a good over hour and a half. It'll probably be edited down to be a little bit shorter. And now we don't have Eduardio for the video. <laughs> and I made myself pretty for this and everything. And this is after so many redundancies we have in place. Oh, well, anyway. Well, now anyway. we know of another one we need. Okay, I'll just... We, well, yeah, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so this is... <sighs> Well, thank you for joining us yes. on, on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on that bombshell of a little bit of a snippet, I guess that's the end. <laughs> well, that's the end of Gettle uh, Season 2, Episode 2. Um, thank you so much for those of you who have joined us. I am I am really very sorry we don't have um, Edward's video. I mean, I've been looking at him the entire time and we love the video content we produce, but hey, at least we have the audio yeah. at the very least yeah, the for those of you who listen. Crisp. So there's that. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but yes, thank you so much. Um, if you enjoyed, you guys know what to do. Um, also let us know the feedback. Um, as always, we have our regulars who are back and who are DMing and writing comments and telling us how much they agree or disagree with us. So yep. <laughs> um, thank you so much. It's, it's wonderful to, um, to be doing this again. And we look forward to doing it again for episode three with video. <laughs> <laughs> this time we'll we'll make sure. We'll make sure. I actually know how to how to 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 double double it, but it's fine. We'll speak about that just now. Okay, cool. cool. Well, thank you so much everybody. Have a wonderful week further, and we'll chat to you all again soon. Bye. Bye.